Hi, welcome to the Self-Sabotage Show with me, Damien Colhane, and I'm delighted to be welcoming a new guest to you today. And it's Kirsty Snyder, and uh, we're going to be talking about self-sabotage as always. But uh, Kirsty has a really unusual background in what she does. So I'll let her introduce herself in just a moment. And uh, she can tell you all about where she's from and also what her background is. So Kirsty, welcome to the Self-Sabotage Show. Thanks. Good to be here. So tell us a little bit more about your background and where you're located. Awesome. Sounds good. So I am in the States. I am here in Colorado, Colorado Springs. It's a beautiful area. Love it. I am a wife of seven years. I'm a mother of two crazy boys and I am a Forex day trader. So I trade currencies, buying and selling in the market. I teach others how to do it, get qualified for our program and I also blog. I run a an e-commerce business for personalized items. And let's think, what else do I do? I'm a singer-songwriter. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. Wow, wow. Tell us a little bit about that then. So how did you how did you transition into Forex and, and tell us about your singer-songwriting experience? Yeah, so singer-songwriter, I write songs right now. I have a passion to sing. I just have not pursued anything. So it's kind of that in the closet talent that, that I enjoy. Just haven't, haven't pursued an opportunity around it yet. And with Forex day trading, I was actually told about it from a friend and thought he was being silly. I thought, okay, I have to be the guy on Wall Street, right? I have to know all about the stupid politics that I don't care for and bleh probably have to know math and I was very sadly mistaken in a good way so now I'm a teacher now I help people get into our program and make sure that they can have the lifestyle change they want cool and what sort of uh, foreign currencies are you trading is it mostly U.S. dollars against other other currencies or what, what what sort of trading are you doing so yes a lot of it is U.S. to Euro um a lot of it can be pound or yen, Japanese yen, gold, silver, six majors like Aussie or US dollar, uh, Great Britain, Japan, all of that. Wow. Canadian. And so you, yeah, so you have to sort of watch the markets and keep an eye on, on what's happening each day and, and mm-hmm. look at the margins, et cetera. What about yeah. things like cryptocurrency and, and other things like that? You mentioned gold and silver and they seem to be mm-hmm. the sort of staple things. But what about other yeah. things like crypto? Do you do anything like that? Um, I personally don't right now, but crypto is something that we're incorporating within the next year. We want Mm. to be able to teach it to more people because Mm. of the interest and because it can be that incredible in the market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of movement, isn't there, in those sort of volatile Mm -hmm. markets and uh, unstable markets. So uh, interesting. Wow, that's amazing. So um, share with the listeners a little bit about your experience with self-sabotage. What's the area you'd really like to talk about where you've experienced that? Biggest thing that comes to mind is that I self-sabotage hardcore when it comes to business. Mm, okay. <laughs> I do really well. I get excited. Let's say I decide to start a podcast like yourself and I know I can do well. I know that it can be something good. I know, let's say I have the talent or the ambition to do it and then I carry it out and then I stop. Mm. Not because it's not working but because it's working sometimes so well that it scares me. So I hold myself back. Mm, 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 mm. 
that's interesting. So in what areas has that really impacted you? Tell us a little bit about that. It's impacted me just as far as being able to say, yeah, I can do that because I know, I know I can. That's what's interesting about it. For me, it's not necessarily the typical fear of failure as it is the fear of success, Mm. because when I do something, I know that it's up to me. It's empowering for me to know that. And then I stop because it impacts, okay, well, what do other people think? Well, are they going to treat me differently? Well, what does my family think? You know, all the thoughts of self-sabotage that are probably a bunch of BS, (laughs) (laughs) but you lean into them because it's easier to believe something negative than it is to believe something positive. And so how it impacts me in my life is specifically when it comes to business, um, other areas, yeah, I've struggled a little bit in, but business, especially for me is it can be hard because you start thinking a bunch of perception that probably is a bunch of crap, but it's easier to believe in because you've not experienced that before. Maybe the success you've not experienced before. So then you take a step back, like a cliche of, oh, it's too good to be true. Oh, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And that's not the case. Sometimes you can just be great and that's it. Mm. But I think in the world, people, they think that something bad's going to happen or they anticipate something, I don't know, something happening where, where it'll step them back. So they step back before it happens. Mm. Oh, I'll just make sure it doesn't happen. See, that was my choice. Mm. When the reality is they could have continued in the progression, but they stopped. Yeah, like um, being overcautious or kind of anxious Uh about something and pulling back from it, which is what you've really described there. So what sort of things has that caused you? Is there sort of suffering around that? Does that cause you to, you know, suffer in sadness or in a fear or frustration? And how does that manifest for you? So not sadness, I would say, well, that's an interesting take because I don't think I'm sad because of me being sad. If I'm thinking about what others anticipate or how they view me now, if I'm more successful, so to speak, then yeah, I'm sad for them if they don't want to support me or I'm sad if they don't agree with what I'm doing. Mm. The reality is they're going to judge it anyway. Mm. 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 (laughs) They're going to judge it anyway. So I might as well just do what I want anyway. Because whether it's perfect in my eyes, to them or not they still have their choice to how how they're going to view yeah. it anyway yeah yeah absolutely bang on and you know that what you described and the way you described the impacts of sabotage has on you is the number one saboteur which is the judge and so right. we judge ourselves and others and our situation and we make comparisons and we look and evaluate ourselves against you know our past or about against what our expectation is our expectation might be up here somewhere and we kind of say you know you should be doing better or you know look at what everyone else is doing I can't possibly achieve that they're Mm -hmm. brighter than me they're more intelligent than me they're more successful they've got more money they've got more experience all of those things that we judge ourselves on and then we start to judge others which is exactly what you just described when other people start to actually judge you and your own success so tell us a little bit more about that and, and what sort of impact that's had on you it actually it used to be something that would stop me in my tracks because I feel I would get so worried about what other people think or what they could be thinking 
that I would stop because I didn't, it's, it's as if I felt I needed their approval, but just mm. like I said, they're going to approve or not approve anyway. Mm. Mm. So it doesn't really matter what I do because they're going to judge it and come to their conclusion anyway. Mm. And what I realized, and I'm not perfect at it, obviously I continue to grow and continue to progress and be aware, but what I realized and the awareness that I hold on to more so now is what you think of me is none of my business. Mm. So if that's the truth, then wouldn't it mean that if I have a goal to make this certain amount each month mm. or to do this certain amount of writing a book or being in a song or having a certain amount of, of trading, right? Mm. Mm. Or clients, isn't it up to me to determine that anyway? Mm. Can't exactly. I tell myself I get to do that? Especially in the comparison, you said, well, they're smarter than me. They're, they're more skilled than me. They're more talented than me. They have more money. The only reason the word more even exists is because we're judging it. Mm-hmm. If we just said they have money, mm-hmm. there would be no, I'm inferior, you, you're superior type thing, yeah. but we judge it based on our perception of what we think is big and small, more and less. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we put our own perception in totally. Uh-huh. So yeah. in terms of your work with people who are interested in in working with you on your program and, and on the Forex, etc., what have you noticed that holds people back or causes them to sabotage their own success? What do you notice about that? Oh, man. It's interesting because when we get a client, whether they have experience or not, most of the time we, we say, please don't have experience because then it's a blank canvas, right? But what happens is we get on appointments, we're able to teach them step-by-step in increments that can be retained. So it's not one big chunk that's overwhelming, but it's, okay, apply this, okay, do this homework, okay, apply this, do this homework, do an accountability journal. We're very much in the ring with them. And what ends up happening is most of the time it's not, oh crap, I can't afford this because they get to pay for the education, right? If they're a good fit. It's not, I can't afford it because we can find the tuition money. That's not a big deal. That's actually the simple part. The harder part is finding the right person who says I can do it. Three questions we ask them to consider during demo is, can I do it? Does it meet a personal goal? And do I see the value? Mm -hmm. The only way they can see that is if they show up to the appointments, they're actually trying, they're actually executing. Most of the time, those answers are yes. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, Damien, they say no only for the reason of their own mind saying, well, it's too good to be true. Well, you know, I should probably go to a university to get credentials around a degree or something for my job. This is out of the norm. So no. Or my parents think I'm crazy. I don't want to spend money on this. They can, but they choose not to. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is it's a reflection of them and their beliefs. Not if what we do works, not if what we taught is good, because mm. it is. Mm. It ends up being more a reflection of them for where they are. Yeah. To say, no, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to spend money on this. What if it doesn't work? What if I fail? What if I forget how to trade? All those things, which are valid. Mm-hmm. They're 100% valid. But the people who can push past the, I don't know what I'm doing yet, of course you don't. You've not experienced it. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you didn't know how to be a, a parent before you had a baby. Yeah. You know, you yeah. didn't know how to be married before you were married. 
Yeah. You didn't know how to go to a university for college for a degree before you were there. Exactly. You had to be yeah. in it in order to learn it. And yeah. a lot of people, their beliefs come out in that self-sabotage. I know I can do it. I know mm. it meets the goal. I, I see the value. I know it's there. But no, because my mindset for where I am right now, it's too scary. Mm. Which mm-hmm. is sad. Mm. Totally. And it's going to be scary if they don't do anything. It's going to exactly. be scary regardless. Yeah, and that's about comfort zones and and about uh-huh. people's, you know, what they hold on to about their beliefs about themselves and how they sabotage exactly. their success. Yep. So exactly. You clearly believe in, in in what you do. You know, you're passionate about it and you talk so brilliantly about it. So what do you notice when somebody gets into the program and they start trading and then they kind of lose their bottle or they stop following the system and they make mistakes or they sabotage what they've what they've created? So tell us about that. What what typically happens for people? So typically speaking, first there's communication with us. So if someone has a bad couple trades or a bad couple weeks where they really feel like they just forgot, yeah, you're going to have losses. You are. Hello. It's the law of opposites, night and day, black and white. I mean, <laughs> you can't have the sunrise <laughs> without the sunset, right? Yeah. So you get to have losses. That's okay. What happens is unless they stop and say, did I get in based on truth? Did I get in based on fact? They can continue in that spiral of, okay, I'm going to force a trade because I'm greedy. I'm going to force a trade because revenge. I'm going to get back at the market because I lost and now I'm going to win. All of those are valid. Again, I've experienced them. My traders experience them. People experience them without trading. They think those things all the time. What happens is if they don't interrupt the pattern to then say, okay, I'm going to take a break. Okay, I'm going to get in based on fact. Let me go watch a coaching webinar to get back to I know this works. If they don't stop the madness, it can be where they end up drawing conclusions of, well, this must not work. Well, I guess I I just don't trust it anymore. Or I must be a bad trader. Or I don't know what I'm doing. I'm probably not smart enough. That's not the case. Because when we get a person into demo, We're looking for the people who can bounce back, who are not going to play victim, who will show up in accountability because it's their choice to take a trade. If you lose, yeah, you're going to lose. That happens. Hmm. But the backing behind it for I got in based on fact, if you get in based on fact, it's a good trade regardless. Hmm. Because then it's about math. All yeah. of which we teach. Thank heavens it's a calculator, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I relate it to life. Think of it this way. If I talk with my husband today and I interpret something wrong that he said, where am I? I'm in my own interpretation. I'm in my own conclusion, my own tainted perception that may or may not be true. If I were to strip it to fact based on what my husband said or did or told me, if I only stripped it to fact, Imagine a world we live in where everyone got in a conclusion based on truth, not interpretation. You know, there'd be less drama. There'd be less emotion. You'd bounce back for something faster. You wouldn't listen to things like, I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough because you would be good enough. You would decide, yeah, I am good enough. That's the truth I'm holding on to because it's the truth. 
Exactly. And, and it's about what you believe about yourself. And that comes down to one of the powers around how you overcome sabotage, which is really the first step around having compassion and empathy for yourself. It's like parenting your inner child, you know, like you're going to make mistakes, you're going to trip over and you're going to graze your knee, you know, You've, it's how you then get yourself up and soothe that right. that pain and and then get beyond that and so when you make a trade and you lose something you know that's going to be tough it's like okay I've got to learn from that if you continue to do it and you keep repeating it and making mistakes either your system's wrong or you're in the wrong company or whatever um, right. but what you described of the way people can overcome that is is like a structure and so mm-hmm. it's very important for people to have a structure that they can lean into when times are hard hard and when times are difficult and when the unconscious is kicking in the beliefs are starting to really play play like they're they're in control and the thoughts are running away with you the beliefs are gone the emotions are all over the place that's Mm -hmm. where you really need a structure to lean into to say okay what do I know that's the truth that can get me beyond this and and reach beyond that so um, tell us a little bit more about your personal life in terms of the, the singing and the songwriting and parenting. You know, have you noticed areas where sabotage has shown up for you there? Yeah, I mean, um, with uh, being a parent, for example, I've got two kids, um, almost four years old and almost two years old. So they're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it fun. But I could I could be I could go in my bedroom for five minutes and I come back and they're in the living room. They're running outside. They took their shirt off. I mean, it's very interesting, (laughs) but it keeps me on my toes. That's fine. Now for an example, I can say, okay, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a, an appointment with a client. Um, whether my husband's here or not, let's say I sneak away for five, 10 minutes. When I come back, regardless of what my kids are doing or not doing, I'm going to be happy because I know I'm a good parent. Mm. It's easy for me to, to have felt in the past because now, again, it's my awareness to actually choose my thoughts, not just have them thrust on me, right? Is when I come out and my kids are being nuts, that is not a reflection for how good or bad I am of a parent. Mm. My mom skills are still there they're still important. They're still rocking it regardless of how my kids behave when I go to the bathroom for two seconds. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) But depending on the day, it's been easier to believe, Oh, I must be a bad parent. They're not listening. Whatever it is again, interpretation. Could it be that they're not listening because they're four and two years old? Mm, mm, mm. could that be the reason not anything to do with how awesome I am or not you know yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) so being a parent being a parent is a huge blessing and I think what I've especially this year have come to the conclusion around is that my parenting skills are 100% the way that they need to be I have all the skills and talents necessary to help my kids in the way that they need not Mm. anyone else me and them Mm. so Fact-wise, if I can hold to that, because truly that is the truth, mm-hmm. I won't bleed into, oh, I should be doing this like this person on Facebook. Oh, I should be doing this with whatever like this girl is in my neighborhood. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. I can still choose how I respond to it. And I think a lot of times that's what it comes down to is 
if you believe you can do something or you believe you can't, you're right. It's mm-hmm. like that cliche quote. Mm-hmm. But if you really think about it, it is the truth. Mm-hmm. And when you strip it down to what do I want? What can I choose? What am I desiring? All of it, all the rest of it goes away because the rest is just interpretation. It's just your mood. It's just what you decide because someone told you one time about something. (laughs) And you can either accept or reject that thought. It doesn't have to be where it's no choice all of a sudden. So what's your background in terms of how you arrived at at where you are with this, you know, obviously before you were a parent and you were talking about Mm -hmm. the songwriting and singing um, Mm -hmm. and you're kind of, now you're a Forex trader. So what's your background? How did you get into all of this lifestyle? Great question. (laughs) I, I come from a family of nine kids, nine. Yep. Same parents. And I'm the second oldest of the first daughter. So I think very early on, I chose to adopt a stronger mindset, probably at the time thinking, okay, I need to be helpful for my siblings and show them an example and things like that, which I still believe I do, but my intention around it is different because I chose to adopt an early mindset about what I can do, not what people think I can do, but what I feel I can do. I think that my my strength and my weakness in wanting to pursue something more has come out. That's why it was not scary or as scary as it probably ought to have been, depending on a person's perception around being a Forex trader or being a singer songwriter or I mean, do I need to be the next Beyonce? No, nope, nope, no. Don't even care for that. I don't (laughs) want that lifestyle. It's not even a desire. But if I really wrote down my goals and it was a desire, then I get to decide if that's true for me or not. So coming from a big family, I didn't do the college route. I tried three different times. I went back. Oh, I'll graduate. I'll do it. I'll do it. Nope. What I realized is I was doing it for everyone but me Mm. and I didn't resonate with it. Mm. And then I started my own business and now here I am and it's, it's great. I wouldn't have come to this greatness if I didn't choose for myself what I wanted. Mm, mm, I needed to stop listening to other people and what they thought I should or could do. And I needed to choose my own. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the songwriting and the singing. Tell us more about that because we haven't explored that fully yet. Yeah, well, I mean, (laughs) probably the reason we haven't explored it yet is because it's very slow moving. Um, It's one of those things that when I write like through a blog, for example, when I write my words come really flowingly and it's very easy. And for me, I know that I have what people need in order to hear a lyric and say, wow, yep, that's what I needed. Because people hear people on a podcast, they hear the relatability. It's good. There's something about putting music to it that just makes it that much more impactful. I know I can do those things. I really, I've just, it's a self-sabotage thing. It totally is. I've not taken the steps because I have the excuses and reasons of I'm busy with this. I'm busy being a mom. I'm whatever, whatever. And the reality is if it was a priority, I would be producing CDs and such already. I just haven't yet. Um, For me, part of it is I'm 
waiting to find the right people who can help in that production. And when my words come out, I know the lyrics. I could write songs all day long, but I can't always hear the music for how I want the tune to go, for how I want the music to be. And so self-sabotage, I then don't write songs as often as I could because I can't hear it. Mm. When really I probably could just write songs and I probably, as I'm in that rhythm, would draw in the right people to help me produce the music to it. Mm. I know oh. that. <laughs> what sort of genre of music is it what type of music are you writing and singing? um it is it's probably going to be more uh focused on christian music um not even religious just christian be being able to believe in yourself inspirational type of words because when i write it's not a novel it's not a story about a girl and she did this and that it's very much inspirational to say the things that we've been saying, like you can do it, pursue harder. It's up to you. Go for your best, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about how you've been able to overcome the areas of your life where you've experienced sabotage. What, what have you done to overcome that and to move forward in those times? So <clears throat> an easy answer would be that I rely on my husband, right? <laughs> but if you were to take husband out of it, it ends up being my choice anyway. Right. So what I've come to realize is where I am, my results, whether that's in relationships, that's my physical health, that's financially, whatever the goal is, it's all up to me. And most of the time people get scared about that. For example, they'd rather be in a job that says, okay, hey, you're making $20 an hour. That's what you get. That's what you do. And for me, I would rather say, how much can I do? How much can I make? What's inspiring me to grow? And when I get into the self-sabotage mindset of, okay, I'm going to stop because this is nerve wracking. I've not been here before. I simply just remind myself, of course, you've not been here before. It's today, right now, at 830 on the 17th. Of course, you've not been here before. It's the present moment. And even sarcastically, as I say that, it's the truth. And it allows me to detach from my crap. It allows me to kind of wipe my glasses, right? And be able to see a little bit more clearly. Even if in the moment, I still am like, oh, oh I'm just so bummed or I'm so frustrated about this or that. It allows me to say, yeah, I've not been here before. What can I do about it? Can I complain? Sure. Is that going to be productive? Will it help me in getting somewhere better tomorrow? If it does, great. Have at it. If not... And if my complaining is not going to propel me forward into growth, then I get to stop. Yeah. Um, notice, um, notice the word there to me, you get to stop that. Mm. Not you have to have to is like, you should do this. And if you don't, you're guilty. I get to stop. I get to choose something else gives me the power back. Exactly. And that's about personal choice then, isn't it? And what you've been describing is about that kind of ownership of being present. Like this is the moment, this is now, I can't change anything about this present moment. All I can change is my mindset about what's happening and about sure. what my circumstances are. So really it's about that choice of how you show up and, and what your mindset right. is at any given time. So right. how do you shift your mindset? How do you go from, okay, something's just happened that I'm not happy about, or it feels like I'm, you know, it's going to flip me in some way. How do you then overcome that? What, what do you do typically? 
Great question. So I have a, a quote that says, what would you love right now? And so in business or in my relationships or say a podcast, for example, if I get into a, oh, I don't agree with this or, oh, that feels off or mm, that's frustrating, whatever it is, I then interrupt the pattern because I can continue in that road. And if that's helpful, then great. Most of the time it's not right because I know it's not. And it's easy to just buy into because, you know, the world is negative. It's easy to just this is bad. This is bad. That's bad. What I ask myself, I stop and I say, what would I love right now? First of all, what would I love right now gives me the power back. What would I love allows me to think of the positive things. If I could change something, what would it be? How could I love this? What is in it that can be good that I can change my perception on? And then what would I love right now? Again, present moment. If I'm feeling frustrated, if I'm feeling scared, if I'm feeling worried, if I'm in fear, fear is a huge one. Of course, I'm fearful. I've not been there before. So sarcastically make it light and say, what would I love right now? Well, I would love to know what I'm doing. Cool. So what can I do to know what it is I'm doing? Act. It just takes the present moment again. Yeah, exactly. So really being present and owning that and showing up. What do you notice about your children, for example, where they're now, you know, you've got these two human beings running around two and four and they're going yeah. on their crazy world and universe. And, and maybe you see sometimes they, you know, get unhappy about something or, you know, they, they, they seem to be sabotaging their relationship with you or with their brother or with their dad or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. what, what do you notice about that in terms of how they sabotage themselves and and how you then parent that? Great question. So my four-year-old, he um, he is a little bit slower as far as speech goes. He's just mm -hmm. a little bit delayed in there. Mm -hmm. um, we have taken the steps to get help, and he's doing great is what they say. Mm -hmm. To me, as a parent, it's frustrating, right? Because I'm like, no, he sticks out like a sore thumb. He needs some help. He needs a little bit of guidance. He can talk all day long. And we can understand him and most people can understand him as well. What happens is when he gets frustrated, like in a self-sabotage moment, when he gets frustrated, his words don't come out correctly mm -hmm. because he doesn't, he hasn't pieced together the context of things yet to form correct sentences. Mm -hmm. So when he's in self-sabotage, he gets frustrated and then we can't understand him. So what I found is helpful is Okay, he's upset about, you know, his brother did something to him. Great, they do that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. surprised, you know. But instead of getting mad at him for being mad, which I'm not perfect at, instead of getting mad at him for being frustrated or mad or let's say he reacted poorly, I will just get down to his level, be right there at his level, like his cute little self, and ask him what's wrong. I'll wait for him to a little bit calm down. Maybe I'll give him a hug. But instead of reacting fire with fire, because that just creates a bigger fire, I try to come down to his level to see and understand where he's at. Because then he feels validated. He can understand that he's okay to be frustrated and that, hey, I'm here to help. Let's find a solution. Mm -hmm. 
and coming from a big family you'd know you know that sibling stuff kicks off all the time yeah. right so <laughs> what have yeah. you know without obviously going into too many details but what have you noticed about other people around you how they've sabotaged their life you know it doesn't necessarily have to be family it could be people you've observed or people that you know what do you see other people doing that sabotages their results sabotages their results i'd say the biggest thing just that comes to mind is people they have the eyesight in check they can look at something and say yep that's that's exactly what it is that's what i get to have and what they're lacking is the mindset about it not the mindset but the mindset meaning i think people's probably one of the if not the biggest self-sabotage yeah, all that bleeds into, okay, fear of success, you're worried about this and you're jealous and all the emotions, all of those are real, they're valid. And I think what they come down to is how we choose to interpret what we see. I can look at you and I can say, okay, you're wearing a green, a green shirt, you've got your headset on, whatever else. But our interaction after this is over, I can choose to say, yeah, Damien was nice damien was mean damien was whatever it is right based on my own perception mm. and i think a lot of times people they it's as if they forget how to choose it's as if they forget that they came on right now in this podcast or they became a parent or they're in the house they're in because of their choices mm. the choice is not just what am i going to wear today the choice is how am i going to respond today with this or that or whatever that happens when someone says something rude, it's my choice to either reject it or accept it. And people look at the world, we'll even give the example of finances. They look at the world and say, well, everyone in my neighborhood only makes X amount. So I guess I'm just determined to make X amount. Yeah, really? So you're going to be a victim to your circumstance instead of choosing how you want it to go. I think that's probably the biggest thing is the eyesight for what you see, you judge according to appearances, the sky is blue, the grass is green, whatever it is. Hmm. And the reality is you can interpret how you want it to be. People forget that they have the choice in that. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting because one of the things that you're talking about is the perception and how we show up in the world and our perception governs our reality because our reality is based on our mindset on our upbringing on our beliefs on our circumstances and so we yeah. we formulate this kind of pattern of of what we see and and believe that and mm -hmm. in the unconscious mind this is something this is the work of Carl Jung he talks about the identity and how we yeah. create an, an, an external identity like a mask that we put to other people so that they see us as who who we believe we are this identity that we put out and yet underneath we're not truly that person at all we're, right. we're somebody quite different we have a truth that sits inside of us which is our our soul which is whispering away at what what it wants us to do and draws us towards the direction in which it wants us to to travel so that we can show up take responsibility for our place in the universe and, and be the best version of ourselves or right we can be victim and show up and blame and blame others, make excuses, be in denial of our own power. And that right. can, can really hold us back and, and cause us mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, sabotage the, the results, etc. So right. in, in terms of, you know, looking at 
you're obviously interested in music right because you're a, a singer and a songwriter and you, you know you, you enjoy doing that so what about celebrities that you see sabotaging their own career and you can think about people like Amy Winehouse or we can talk about you know famous celebrity singers and songwriters who have sabotaged their careers what do you think the cause of that might be um, if you just take singers and I'll just label them as a whole, cause I, off the top of my head, I'm like, ah, I don't know which singer, but singers in general, I could sit here and judge, okay, this person used to be really great. She's still a great singer, but she's getting a little odd. Like she's getting a little risky. What's interesting. I mean, still, it's still my choice to interpret that. Right. Maybe it's not risky to some as it's risky to others. Maybe it's edgy to some and not edgy to me, whatever it is. My perception of people who sabotage, especially in the singing world, performing world, part of the reason I have self-sabotaged myself is I feel I project what I could be if I was a singer who was known, for example. Say I sold X amount of videos or um cds or songs or i was the best on something whatever it is i look at other people who have done that and i say yeah but she got weird yeah but she got greedy yeah but she got you know now she's being weird in her music videos whatever it is and then to solidify my thought my perception then you hear that they got a divorce or you hear that um they cheated on their spouse or, um, you know, they're, they're in rehab, something to me that would say, Oh, I guess, I guess you failed. I guess it wasn't as great as you thought. And what happens is when I project what I could do based on what I view others to, to be doing or to have had success or not success, it's not about them. It's more my reflection, my fear of saying, well, this person went on to do great things, but you know, then, then her husband cheated on her. Well, I don't want that to be me. So I guess I'll hold myself back and not go for my success or go for my passion. The truth is their reality, their choices are theirs. And I can either internalize that and say, that'll be me too. And what play victim all of a sudden my choice is gone. Or I can say, that's great to learn from. I don't resonate with that. I don't agree with that. And when I do it, it'll be different because the person I am right now, right now is the same person I'll be in 10 years. I'm already here. I'm already that person I want to be. It's just me stepping into it. So if I'm resisting what could happen in a negative way, it's probably because it's showing up to teach me, okay, let's be aware of your choices instead of a victim to it. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that's really important about choices is to really make them from the heart. It's like really know what you want and what your soul wants and what your truth is, and then making your decisions and choices from your heart space to really kind of serve the universe in the best version of yourself and, and show up as right. that person. Right. So, so what do you do if you're, if you're experiencing sabotage or you have sabotaging thoughts or beliefs about yourself? How do you overcome them? What do you do? Um, an easy example would be the, what would I love right now? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because yeah. for me, it's just raising my frequency. It allows me to turn my perception into something that I feel is good rather than being in the rabbit hole of the negativity, the worry, the fear, and something on top of that, 
is being able to talk, being able to talk about it. Even if there is no solution, let's say during a, a call with a friend or whatever it is, I just sit and whine. Sometimes for me, just being able to get it out allows me to detach. You write it down on a piece of paper, you stick it in the middle of the table. Literally, I know it's kind of funny, but you put a, a problem in the on the piece of paper in the middle of the table, you step back and say, okay, how can I look at this differently? Literally, you're changing your perception because you just changed your perception. You took the problem out of yourself, you put it on a piece of paper. So now it's not me, it's outside of me. Mm-hmm. And then your problem that was 12 things is now just one thing that you get to help around. So those are the two things. Yeah, that's great. And and one of the things that certainly working with one-to-one with, with my clients, one of the things we do is to help them to externalize and and, and get the, the pain and the suffering out. So they talk about it is the first step in, in bringing that suffering out so that they can then mm-hmm. realize that it's no longer in them, but it's out of them. Right. So it's exactly. the, the healing process starts when they begin to talk about it. And sometimes they talk about it for the first time, you know, when they're, when they're talking about sabotage or suffering that they've experienced or a long-term sadness or something that they've created that they're not happy with it's the first time that they actually admit it and and so that comes out and then we start that that process of kind of healing and and uh, overcoming that so anything else you'd like to share with us today any other uh, thoughts or comments around self-sabotage that listeners might be interested in i would just say if you look around you and you see that someone's done what you want to do Instead of being mad, instead of being jealous, instead of thinking, oh, they're better than me, oh, they got luckier than me, whatever it is, look at them and say, look, that person made this amount, or that person has an awesome relationship, or uh, they have a best selling book, or they're on Broadway, or whatever it is. Look at that and say, because they've done it, I know I can do it. I know it's possible, rather than the latter of, oh, well, I'm jealous and I guess I missed my turn because they did it. Which one to you feels better? Probably the one that's empowered, probably the one that says, I can do that, someone else has done it. It's proof that I would be able to too. Excellent, that's beautiful, Kirsty. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you today and uh, look forward to catching up with you again, hopefully sometime in the future. So um, really grateful and uh, thank you to our listeners for tuning in and being interested in this topic of self-sabotage. I look forward to our next episode when we'll be sharing more discussions with interesting guests on the Self-Sabotage Show. Thanks for listening. (music) 